did in honor of the Word of God. If you have a copy of God's Word and open it, would you open it to the book of Matthew, to Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12, as we pick up our series again on the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12, we begin today Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It says, Now when he saw the crowds, this is speaking of Jesus, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word, and you may be seated, and as you are seated, the children from kindergarten through sixth grade would be dismissed for Children's Church with Miss Steph this morning. So today, we start the Sermon on the Mount. That is in Matthew chapter 5 through 7. And this whole series of the Sermon on the Mount, um, we've titled, subtitled in this book of Matthew, Kingdom Counterculture, because it's all about the culture of the kingdom, which is very contrary, very counter to our world's culture. And it's not just American culture, but it is every culture outside of the kingdom of God. We filter it a lot through American culture, but there are different cultures even represented in our church family and those who are listening. But we want to hear what the kingdom culture looks like. So that's where we, where we will be going over the next weeks. Before we launch into that, I want to share with you, you may have seen in your bulletin, we have an amazing opportunity on Sunday, May the 7th, which I believe is three weeks from today. Dr. John Stumbo, who is the president, U.S. president of the Christian Missionary Alliance, will be here with us that morning and preaching in the morning service. Um, and so if there is any way that you can make it on that Sunday, May the 7th, you will not want to miss that special opportunity that we have our denominational, U.S. denominational president here, Dr. John Stumbo. Um, because of that, we've also invited Rock of Ages Alliance Church as we've partnered with them on missions conferences and on those Sundays and missions conferences, had them here as well. They're going to be joining us that Sunday as well, so we're looking forward to a great uh, Sunday morning on May the 7th. Um, in the afternoon, one of the reasons that he will be here, he is going to be conducting a meeting um, that's going to be hosted here at Dorseyville for the Pittsburgh area. Uh, recently, our national headquarters 
transitioned from Colorado Springs, Colorado to Reynoldsburg, Ohio, which is just outside of, Young, or outside of Columbus, excuse me. And he is coming uh, just to kind of give some vision for those who are interested in the Pittsburgh area um, and sharing that, why they're doing it, why they've done it, what the big picture is. And so anybody who would be interested in that time, certainly be willing or be open to join us at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on May the 7th. So just wanted to give you those couple plugs real quick and uh, mark that on your calendar. I know sometimes schedules are crazy, and if there is any way, on Sunday, May the 7th, that you, that you are able to be in worship. Every day should be opportunity for us to be in worship, but especially you don't want to miss May the 7th. All right, let's launch into this together. Today we begin on the Beatitudes, uh, which are all about the character of the kingdom. The character of the kingdom. Character issues this morning. And many times when you hear character issues, you hear it in a negative way. That guy or that gal has character issues. Well, these are character issues that we want to see in a positive light. What are the issues of the character of men and women who follow after Jesus and are part of the kingdom of God? So whenever I've been involved in hiring, specifically in the church context, that's the only context that I've had any involvement in hiring people for positions, I've been encouraged to make prayerful decisions based on what has been encouraged for me to process through called the three C's. The first C, calling. The second C, character. And the third C, competence. Calling, character, competence. And what most often gets looked at for jobs and in the church is no different is competence. What skills does this person possess? And how do they perform? What can they do for the church? Competence ends up how we end up evaluating people most often. But calling for ministry is crucial, and maybe even just as crucial and critical is character. Because character will fund and will allow the competence to come. We have our competence and performance only as good as the character from which it comes. So Jesus starts with the character of his people. Followers of Jesus are exactly the same. We're called by God into his kingdom to be his children through Jesus. And from there, the Christian life often is seen only by what we do, good or bad, to the neglect often of character. All you have to look at is some of the big scandals in churches. And where does it come from? Not performance. It comes from character. Our success and our failure as a follower of Jesus, will not be simply because of our actions, but rather because of our character, because our actions flow from and are sustained by the character of our lives. This is where Jesus starts his Sermon on the Mount, where we're going to start in his description of the kingdom counterculture, because character matters. And as Jesus says, it is from where a blessed and happy life with God comes. In your bulletin, there are sermon notes. And uh, don't get scared away. We're going to move quickly this morning. And if we're not able to move as quickly as I'm hoping, we may break this into two messages. 
But we're prepared to go through all eight of these. If you see a lot of blanks and get nervous, don't let it freak you out. All right. Eight character issues that Jesus gives. The first is this. People of the kingdom are empty, not full-handed. Empty, not full-handed. Verse 3 says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed and happy people in the kingdom are those who know that they have nothing that they can offer to God for him to accept them. They understand themselves in light of Isaiah's decree that all of our righteous deeds before the Lord are as filthy rags. So the poor in spirit come to God with Hands that are empty, not hands that are full. Imagine if I had my hands full of all kinds of the good deeds and the abilities and the performance that I have accomplished. If I were to bring those before, before God, full-handed to offer them, here, God, accept me based off of all that I bring to you. This is not what Jesus says welcomes us into the kingdom. Instead, those with kingdom character recognize that they come to God empty-handed. They recognize that all their good deeds and all their giftedness and all their best performance, even if they were to offer it before the Lord to be accepted, are as filthy rags before him. And so they come embracing their spiritual poverty. And at the same time, as we celebrated last Easter Sunday, the cross of Christ and his resurrection, they come trusting the merit of Christ for them, not their own merit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. It is a dependent, not self-sufficient character that brings this blessing, the blessing of the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom character begins with people who are empty not full-handed. Second character, quality. People of kingdom character are people who are embracing, not resisting, brokenness. Verse four, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Jesus says that the blessed or happy person in the kingdom are those who see their own personal sinful brokenness And they see the worldwide sinful brokenness all around them. And they have chosen to allow it to make them deeply sorrowful over it. This deeply feeling sorrowful character embraces the brokenness of their own lives and the brokenness of the world without resisting it or without holding it all at arm's length. It allows a person to be affected by their own brokenness and the brokenness around them and to deeply mourn over it. As the poor in spirit come empty-handed, so those who embrace their own brokenness come empty-handed before God. And because they come empty-handed before God as well, 
they are able to receive the comfort of God. Those who come full-handed, not, not embracing their spiritual poverty, are not able to receive the comfort of God because their hands are full. They've got all their stuff. They've got all their reasons why they don't have to embrace their sin and their brokenness and, and mourn over it. And so when the comfort of God is poured out, they have nothing to receive the comfort of God with. But those who are poor in spirit acknowledge their spiritual poverty and are then able, as they embrace the brokenness that their sin has caused in their own lives and in the world around them, to then receive deeply the comfort of God. Those who mourn deeply receive deeply the comfort of God. It's kingdom character. The third element of kingdom character is those who are gentle, not forceful with others. Verse 5, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the kingdom, or they will inherit the earth. Jesus says, blessed and happy are those who are humble and who are gentle with others. They have embraced their brokenness and their sinfulness in such a way that not only do they acknowledge it for themselves before God, but when other people come to them and in humility and gentleness say, I see the brokenness of your life in this way and that way, they are able to hear it from others and receive it as well. And this humble and gentle character often will put them in the quote-unquote nice guys finish last category. Because they don't use power. They don't use force with others to advance themselves. Rather, they trust God to grant them favor and advance them to, as Jesus says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. The Lord gives them their inheritance. As Leah prayed this morning in our worship time, this is the character of our king, of Jesus. Gentle and meek, not harsh and angry, not forcing us into submission but welcoming us willingly into submission. And this one really is countercultural, isn't it? <laughs> Gentle, not forceful with others to get change, to get advancement, to get promotion. This is extremely countercultural, and I have to admit, it requires an extreme amount of faith because our world values forceful movement. Our world values being a go-getter who grabs what they want and will do it at the expense of others for getting what you want. But if the Lord is the one who rules and who owns the earth, only his promotion will last. Hear that. If the Lord is the one, and we believe the Lord is the one, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If the Lord is the one who owns the earth, then only his promotion will last. And the meek and the gentle are the ones who will receive it. You may be able to go after and forcefully advance and get promotion on your own. But hear me. If it is a self-gained promotion, it is temporary. 
it is not inheriting the earth. Because there is only one person who is able to give you the inheritance of the earth. And that's the one who owns it. That's God. You may get there. But as quickly as you received it, you will lose it. Lasting inheritance of the earth is God's way. Gentle, not forceful with others. This is a hard one to swallow. But it is the way of God. Kingdom character looks fourthly like whole, not half, heartedness. Verse 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed and happy are those who hunger and thirst. Hunger and thirst are physical realities that we know well when we are in desperate situations, don't we? We know what it is to be thirsty on a hot day. We know what it is to be hungry when we've gone a while without a meal. This desperation, however, that Jesus is talking about is not for food and water, but for righteousness or being in good or right standing with God. It is a hunger and thirst to be in good, right standing with God. This desperate, wholehearted character is the kind of character that God will never, ever turn away. In fact, it is this kind of character, this kind of hunger and thirst that God is irresistibly drawn to. It's a place that God will meet us with a spiritual filling and satisfaction that nothing on this earth will ever be able to replicate. And this is the kind of character that knows nothing of half-heartedness. It is completely in, wholehearted, reckless abandon for the things of God, recognizing that there is nothing else that will satisfy but him. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for theirs, theirs. They will be in a place of filling. The fifth attribute of the character of those in the kingdom is that they are givers, not withholders of mercy. Givers, not withholders of mercy. Jesus says, blessed and happy are those, verse 7, are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. The blessed and happy ones are those who receive mercy and blessing from God, and then who allow it to flow out into mercy given to others. This is not a natural character Response, rather, it is unnatural because it's costly to us. It's costly in time. Giving mercy and compassion requires time. It requires giving to others in need when it is not easy. And it may require giving mercy to people that you don't think are worthy of that mercy. People who you think they deserve judgment, they deserve condemnation, they should get what they have coming to them. That's the natural character. Kingdom culture, kingdom character is to give mercy. Why? Because the giving of mercy and compassion flows from the character of our Father in heaven who gives mercy freely to us without our deserving it. 
For those who have trusted Jesus as Savior, we have received the mercy of God. We've received the forgiveness of God. We have received, as we sang this morning, for God so loved the world that he gave his son that whoever would believe would not perish but have everlasting life. That this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and gave his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is the nature and character of our God. But even those who don't trust Christ, who don't follow Jesus, still every morning in waking up, in the sun coming up, in the rain coming down, in food to eat, in love to be shared, in relationships, in provision from jobs and all these things, still experience the mercy of God. The character of our Father is a giver of mercy. And his people are to be givers of mercy as well. It's like the water cycle. You have the water that has fallen to the earth and as the sun beats down and that water is evaporated, it goes up into the atmosphere and eventually it will form clouds. And as those clouds form, eventually they will become so saturated with moisture and precipitation that those clouds cannot hold it any longer and they will be released in the form of some kind of precipitation, rain or snow or something else. And eventually that will all come down to the earth, it will settle and there will be a a repeat of that, it will be evaporation, it will go, it will form clouds, it will come. There is this cycle of water and that is the way it is with the mercy of God. The mercy of God is poured out We receive it. We give it away. And he pours it out again. We receive it. We give it away. And he pours it out again. Where would we be in our world if the ground said, I am withholding the water that has come? (laughs) I'm not giving it back in evaporation. (laughs) Imagine if the earth could think that way. But yet, Christians especially, will receive mercy. And when it comes to others, we withhold it. Blessed are those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. This is the character of the kingdom. The sixth descriptor of character in the kingdom is clean, not dirty inwardly. Verse 8 says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Jesus says, blessed and happy are those who are pure with no uncleanness in their inward life. Oftentimes we focus on the outward life. We focus on our outward behaviors. But as we will see as we go through the Sermon on the Mount and this kingdom counterculture, Jesus is more concerned with what goes on on the inside than he is with what goes on on the outside. And he is concerned with what goes on on the outside, but he is more concerned with what is going on on the inside where no one can see where no one knows except you and God. Blessed and happy are those who are pure with no uncleanness in their inward life, which will be reflected in their outward life. It's much easier to be pure pure outwardly 
than it is to be inwardly. This is not, hear me, a requirement of perfection. Only Jesus is perfect and he makes us perfect. But what it is, it is a requirement of not willingly or knowingly allowing sin to remain undealt with in our inner self. If there is something that the Lord is putting his finger on in your life and you allow it, that is the issue. If you conceal it, that is the issue. We are always in this process of becoming more like Jesus. But if the Lord is showing us a sin in our lives, in our inward life, that is maybe reflecting in the outward life, and we ignore it intentionally, that is the issue. It's a fellowship with God issue that allows us to see him with increasing clarity in our hearts. Paul says in Ephesians 1, as he prayed for the Ephesian believers, he prays that they are, the eyes of their hearts would be opened, that they would know and they would see the glory of Christ. Hopefully it's going to be a while before this happens again. <laughs> You wake up in the morning, if your car is parked outside and your windshield is covered with that icy stuff, right? And you need the scraper. And you're running behind already for where you need to go and now you gotta spend time scraping this thing, turning your car on to defrost it. This is what it is like for the inward life. Imagine all that icy stuff is that sin, impurity that you know of, it is there. It is a blinder. It keeps us from seeing through. It will keep you from seeing God. And you need to deal with it. You need to scrape away. You need to turn the car on. You need to deal with the issues of the inward life so that you are able to see God with the eyes of your hearts. The character of the kingdom deals with the inward life even when no one else sees it but you and God. And may I just say one more thing on this. If there are issues and challenges in your life and you say, I have a hard time knowing God, I have a hard time seeing him. Others talk about seeing God and knowing God. And I just don't know that. May I encourage you to ask the Lord, is there something in my inward life that is blocking my ability to see you? Because if blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God, if there is something clouding your vision of him, it may just be there's something in your inner life that Jesus needs to move out. Those with kingdom character are clean, not dirty inwardly. The seventh character attribute, those with kingdom character are people who are focused on uniting, not dividing. Verse nine, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called sons of God. Jesus says, blessed and happy are the peacemakers who unite people or groups of people that are at odds with one another. And in a world that is polarized 
in a world that is characterized by division, in a world where strategy by those in leadership is often too polarized, this is such a countercultural value. This character of unifying, however, requires sacrifice. And it gives the blessing of being called sons of God. Not because you are earning that designation, but because when you are a peacemaker, you are acting like your father in heaven. Because your father in heaven made peace between himself and us by offering his son Jesus as as the scripture was shared this morning, an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Atonement means to wash away or to cover over sin. And the sin of our lives stood to bring hostility between ourselves and God. But God offered Jesus as a sacrifice to atone for our sin so that peace could be made between God and humanity. And all those who respond to Jesus in faith are brought into peace with God. Unity at its deepest form comes only through Jesus. But it always comes with some form and some level of sacrifice. Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the sons and daughters of God. The last character issue that Jesus gives is of those who are enduring, not evading persecution. Verses 10 through 12, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, Jesus says. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus says, blessed and happy are those who endure persecution that is because of him. Notice he doesn't say, blessed are you who endure persecution because of the dumb things that you did. (laughs) Blessed are you who endure persecution because of There's a tendency for all human beings to evade persecution. No one likes it. To hide our faith. To be even half-hearted if following after Jesus has consequences. This character, out of a wholeheartedness for God, endures persecution because of Jesus. And it brings with it the blessing of inheritance of the kingdom of heaven. And it joins you with the prophets before you. It joins you with Jesus. Jesus said, if they treat me this way, they'll treat you that way. And it joins you with the, according to Open Doors Ministry, the more than 360 million Christians worldwide who suffer persecution on a regular basis. So often, if there is persecution, 
even hints of it in our own lives, we pray that it will end. Believers in these places where the 360 million live don't pray that it will end. They pray that, it will, that they will have the grace and strength to endure. And Christians in those lands, when they pray for us in the West, pray that we might face some persecution so that this kind of character will be produced. This is kingdom character. This is counter-cultural character. This is character that doesn't look like the world, does it? But it is what Jesus says, this is what life in the kingdom looks like. Over 20 years ago now, I heard a message on this passage by Dr. David Schroeder, who was the then president of Nyack College in Nyack, New York, where I at the time was a student. And he talked about, as he began to preach this passage, he talked about how he had made it a goal for his life that he was going to work on one of these a week and apply it to his life. He was going to read the first one, and he was going to work on applying it to his life that week, and then the next week he was going to do the second. And over the course of about two months, he was going to work on applying all of the Beatitudes, all of these kingdom character qualities to his life. And as he stood before us to begin this message, he said, it's one year later, and I'm still on the first one. I thought, wow, that is refreshing honesty. He said, I have found how difficult it is to have character like this. Because this character is not human character. This character is not worldly character. This character is from another place. It's a heavenly character. It is a character that only God produces in his people. So this morning, you may be hearing all eight of these and going, wow, that's a lot. And if you're hearing all eight of these, like I have prepared for this message and read over and studied these eight, you may be feeling like me and saying, that's a lot. So may I encourage you this morning, we're going to just go to prayer as the worship team comes to lead us in a closing song. Would you ask the Holy Spirit, what is the one of these character qualities that you want me to begin to cooperate with you on for it to be produced in my life? And it may be one week that we work on this, or it may be one year that we work on this, but I'm asking you, Lord, what is the one that you are bringing to my attention? I'll click back to the first slide. So you see those quickly. And then back to the second. Let's go to prayer and listen for what the Spirit of God is bringing to our attention. So Jesus, we thank you that in this, that these are all descriptors of your character. 
I thank you, Jesus, that you do not call us to anything in your kingdom that you did not first and you do not first possess already. And you have called us not to just be believers of you, but to be like you. And so, Lord Jesus, by your spirit, in just one of these character areas, character issues, would you, in your way, point it out to us? What do you want us to work with you on that we might be more like you? That our character would not look like the character of the world. That belief system that is contrary to you. But that our character would look like the kingdom of God and the king of the kingdom, you, Lord Jesus. So Spirit of God, would you seal what you're bringing to our attention, to our hearts? Would you give us direction for this day and the days to come as we walk with you? Would you work this character out in us that we might be more like the one who demonstrates it perfectly, our Lord and Savior Jesus. It's in his name I pray, amen.